Um, so welcome everybody for being here today. Uh, we got a great program for you. We just came off a wonderful program on knuckling down on endocrinology. So this will be knuckling down on uh, the use of adaptive equipment to manage one's diabetes. Uh, I'm Tom Tobin. I'm the president of ACB Diabetics in Action. So I want to welcome you all here today. Um, I think you're in for a really great uh, presentation. We just, like, as I said, came off a great presentation. Um, we've got five hours of programming overall the, the next two days, today and tomorrow. So that's that's uh, wonderful stuff. And I want to, again, acknowledge Danette Dixon, who is the uh, chair of our convention program committee, uh, who has, uh, along with her committee, put together a can I say the word whiz-bang? Whiz-bang uh, convention program schedule for you all. Fabulous job, Danette. Uh, really, really well done. Um, so this afternoon, we have uh, a very special guest uh, in Kim Ladd. Uh, for those of you who have heard her speak in the past, you know what an amazing subject matter expert she is. Um, she really doesn't need an introduction, but she is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. Uh, she lives with diabetes um, in her own personal life and family. So she lives with it all the time and knows and is very passionate about it. Uh, she works for the Virginia Rehabilitation Center professionally um, and uh, I would say has a deep passion for helping those of us that live with vision loss and diabetes uh, to live better with the disease. So, Kim, with that brief introduction, I will turn the floor over to you. Thank you so much for being here over a holiday weekend. Well, Tom, thank you so much. You're always so nice in your intro of me. Um, so like Tom said, um, I do work for the Virginia Rehabilitation Center for the Blind and Vision Impaired. That's always a mouthful for me. My um, main job is I empower vision impaired individuals with diabetes and other chronic diseases to independently manage their care. So um, kind of what I'm going to go over with you. And if I speak too fast, let me know, because I can do that sometimes. Um, what I'm going to go over with you are kind of some devices that are accessible and some resources and just some tips and tricks that I've picked up. Now, this, of course, is not all inclusive because new things come out every day or either it's something that I haven't had experience with because one of my clients hasn't used it. Um, so if you have any questions, I guess we'll just do questions at the end, Tom. Is that correct? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Kim. I, okay. I, I, I failed to mention, but if you could leave like 15 to 20 minutes, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be awesome. I didn't know I had that long. So I'll talk really <laughs> slow and I'll take up all the time. <laughs> or we'll all get a few minutes back, but I can get very tangential. So I'm sure I could fill up all the time. Um, so if you listen to the previous um, session, that was a lot of wonderful information. And they actually did some of my groundwork. So I won't need to describe some of these devices. But if you didn't listen and later you have a question about it, I will be glad to answer it. So what I'm going to start with is um, glucometers or blood sugar monitors. I call them glucometers because it's easier and it's just kind of catchy. So um, that's what I call them. So like Tom said, I do have diabetes. I have type 2. I do not have vision issues. I say yet because we know that diabetes is the number one cause of blindness in adults. So it could happen to anyone with diabetes. Um, but um, I exclusively work with those with vision impairment. So that's, you know, kind of where the school of hard knocks, we learn all of this. Um, all right. So there's a lot to talk about with blood glucose meters. There are quite a few talking meters on the market. Um, you know, some of them are exclusively through like mail order companies or your insurance company covers a certain type. Kind of the ones I'm going to talk about are the ones that I think are the best or the easiest to get. So the first one, I'm sure if you have diabetes and you're blind, you've probably heard of this one, is the Prodigy Voice. Um, I consider Prodigy Voice the best meter for people with vision impairment because it is the only meter that you can do everything without vision, meaning you can set the meter up. You can test your blood sugar and it will tell you your result and it tells you the memory readings. So I have it. It's a little bit larger of a meter device. So for those that can see it, um, I have I'm holding it up in the camera. So what I'm going to do is I put the batteries in it and usually to turn it on. All you have to do is put the strip in the machine and it will turn on. Now, the way you can differentiate, you know, which end goes in the machine is you feel the strip. One end is the same level the other end kind of dips down a little bit so and you can feel that dip so the end that dips down that's the part that goes in the machine 
and the level down part faces up. So you can feel around the machine. There's, there's a good um, indentation, kind of a half moon indentation on the top part of the machine. And that's where the strip goes. A lot of times people will put a bump dot um, next to that to help align the strip with the machine to get it in easier. But the good thing about this device is if you put the strip in and you put it in the wrong way, it won't turn on. So if you put the strip in and it doesn't turn on, it doesn't start talking to you, pull the strip out, flip it around and try it again. I mean, there's only four possible combinations. So you got a one in four shot at getting it right on the first time. So I'm going to go ahead and put the strip in and the machine's going to turn on. I hope you can hear it. Of course, it's not working for me because, you know, always technical difficulties when you do things live. So let me see if I push the button, if it'll turn on for me. Of course not. Let me make sure I have batteries in there. I actually tested these batteries before this and it worked perfectly. All right. Now my machine does not want to work. Let me switch batteries real quickly. Thank you for sticking with me during this. I wish I had jokes to tell on these downtimes, but I can't seem to remember any good jokes. So we're just going to go with this. All right, let's try it this time. Boy, it really doesn't want to work. All right, this is not even funny. All right, so basically, I'll just kind of pretend that I'm the machine then. So basically, when you put the strip in, it'll say hello, and then it'll tell you today's date is and the time. And then it'll say, please apply the blood. So then when you get the blood on there, it will beep. And then it takes like five seconds. And then it will tell you your blood sugar reading is 129. So the machine tells you every step of the way. Um, the other thing that the Prodigy Voice does is in the settings mode, it will um, talk you through each step. So there's three buttons near the bottom of the face of the machine. One is a circular button. That's the power button or the memory button that will tell you what your previous readings are. The middle button is a square button with a half moon edge and it has an S embossed on it that you can feel. That's the settings button. And then the other button is a back arrow button that just lets you scroll through things. There are also two other buttons on the side front of the machine, an up arrow and a down arrow, and they help you set your machine or scroll through readings. Um, so anyway, when you get in settings mode, you do that by pressing the button with the S on it and holding it down till it tells you you're in setting mode. And it will, it will verbalize every step of the process. Like it'll say the year is 2011. Well, you know, that's not right. So you need to change it. So you push either the up arrow or the down arrow and it will go 2012, 2013. And then when you get to the year that you want, you press the S button again and it locks that in. So the only time you have to set it is when you first get it and when you change batteries. So, um, I mean, the batteries, these, of course, didn't last since they're not working for me today. And I just practiced with it an hour and a half ago. Um, but I mean, they usually last a pretty good long time. So that's what I like about the Prodigy voice. Um, also, um, you know, most pharmacies, don't stock talking meters just because there seems to not be a huge market for it. That's my only guess. And, you know, it's not on anybody's preferred formulary. Now, when I say that, I mean, in health insurance companies have preferred formularies for devices, especially things like blood glucose meters. Um, most of them like, like I have Anthem in here in Virginia and their formulary is AccuCheck. So, um, you know, if I needed a meter, my doctor would order glucometer and then the insurance company would automatically give you give me an AccuCheck machine. Well, that's fine for me because I have vision, but AccuCheck does not make a talking meter. So if you don't have any vision and you need a talking meter, the AccuCheck isn't going to do you any good. Um, so kind of what you have to do, and this is a little tangential, but I like to mention it, is you have to advocate for yourself with your doctor. So you have to get your doctor to complete a medical necessity form. Basically, they're, they're contacting your insurance company and they're telling, they be, be telling them because you have vision loss, you cannot read the display on the machine. So you require a talking meter. 
And there is a little clause in all insurance plans. I have yet to meet one that doesn't have this clause that anything that's medical, medically necessary, you know, that's provided in a, in a, by a different vendor, meaning a diabetic glucometer, um, it has to be covered if the client needs it and the doctor um, recommends it. So I have had a lot of clients that were denied initially for a talking meter. I have told them you have to go to your doctor and you have to have a conversation with them and get them to fill out a medical necessity form that you are blind and you need a talking meter and they have successfully gotten their insurance company to pay for it. Um, So big pharmacies like Walmart and CVS, they can order the Prodigy meters and strips. They just don't have them usually in stock in their store unless they have a bunch of people from that pharmacy that use it. Um, Or you can get them through certain mail order companies will have them. And another one is Accessible Pharmacy. If y'all haven't heard of them, they are a pharmacy started for blind people. They're out of Pennsylvania, accessiblepharmacy.com. They stock talking meters and they will build, they can build most insurance companies They cannot bill, and there's about 12 states that, of course, I don't know the list off the top of my head, but you could go to their website and see if your state participates with them. Um, They're working on getting coverage in every state. So they can bill your insurance company and mail the prodigy and supplies to your house. And they actually mail the meter to you already set up. So you don't even have to worry about that step. But if you do not have insurance that will cover it, and regardless of what state you're in, if you're going to pay out of pocket, um, they provide the Prodigy Voice and the Prodigy Auto Code, which I'm going to show you in a minute, at very reasonable prices. Somewhere between ten and twenty dollars, the price varies, and then fifty strips are about seven dollars a bottle, and that's about the cheapest that I've seen for anything. Sometimes it's even lower than a copay you might have with your health insurance. So I just put that out there because um, you know they're the only pharmacy in the country that caters to the blind, so um, they help you a lot with things like that. All right, so that's the um, Prodigy Voice. The next one, the Prodigy product is the Prodigy Auto Code. So if the voice is the Cadillac, the auto codes like the Datsun, I guess, even though they don't make Datsuns anymore. But, um, you know, it is a talking meter. But the difference is the settings mode is not accessible. So whenever you change the batteries or first get it, you're going to need some visual assistance to set up the settings mode, unless you just don't really care what the time or the date is and you're just using it to get your blood sugar. That's fine with me. It's personal choice. So let me see if the batteries in this one will work just so you can at least hear what it sounds like. Yay, we have success. So as soon as I put the batteries in, you can hear that it came on. So the settings mode, you actually have to take the battery cover off to get to the settings button. It's the only button back there. So you're not going to mess up anything by pushing buttons, but it is in settings mode, but it does not tell me what mode that is. Uh, That's the volume. But then it doesn't do anything else. So it'll tell you the date, but that when you're changing the date or the time, it will not tell you 12, one, two. So you're kind of guessing as to what you're putting in there, unless you have visual assistance. So that's the main difference. The Prodigy Voice, you can set it by yourself. The auto code, you cannot. But like I said, they both talk. Um, and this one uses the same strips as the voice. So the voice and the auto code use the same strips. Now, you know, every meter uses its own strip. So I could not take AccuCheck strips and put them in my Prodigy meter and expect them to work. They're not going to. But the good thing about the Prodigy products is the prodded, the two talking meters they have, the voice and the auto code use the same strips. So you put the strip in the same way, you feel for that indention and that goes up. So when you put the strip in, oh, I'm in settings mode, so it doesn't want to do it. It, it, will, it will tell you, um, please apply the blood. And it'll do the same thing. It'll beep when you get enough blood and then it'll tell you your blood glucose reading is 157. So it tells you everything out loud. The last meter I kind of want to talk about, just because um, it's really easily accessible to get and it's inexpensive. Walmart has their own brand of medical equipment called Rely On, and they make a 
talking meter. It's called Rely On Premier Voice. They actually stock it on the shelf in the pharmacy section. So every Walmart pharmacy has like a diabetes section that has like glucose tablets and, you know, meters that you can buy over the counter. And that's where the Rely On Premier Voice is. Um, It costs $15 and the strips are $9 for 50. However, if you get your doctor to write a prescription, you just get the rely on meter off the shelf, take it to the pharmacy counter, give them the order and they will bill your insurance company. But again, this is one that is not going to be on a formulary for any health insurance. So if your insurance will not pay for it, you'll have to get your doctor to override it through the medical necessity form. But it basically works the same way as the Prodigy auto code. Um, When you put the strip in, it will turn on. The strips feel different. These these Walmart strips, one end kind of has a pointy edge. That's where the blood drop goes. The other edge also has the level down, and that level down is the part that goes into the machine. And the rely on also has the indentation of where the strip goes, and it's on the bottom front of this machine instead of the top front of the Prodigy machines. So yay, my batteries are working with this one. So as soon as I put the strip in correctly, again, if I put the strip in incorrectly, the machine will not turn on. You heard what it says. I'm not going to prick my finger, but um, once you get the, it does the same thing. Once you get the blood on the strip, um, it will beep, and then it will tell you again, your blood sugar reading is 127. So these all kind of work the same. If you know how to use one, you pretty much know how to use them all. So those are the three that I like to tell people about. Um, Now, I kind of always get this question, well, you know, the hardest part of this for me is getting the blood on the strip. And I totally get it. That is the hardest part. Um, I developed a technique called the thumb guide technique, and it has a few steps to it, and it usually takes longer to explain, but I'll just give you kind of the overview of it. And then if it's something that you really want to know something else about, um, I don't know if there's a way Tom can get it to people or I can send it to Tom and he can send it out or y'all can email me. It's just my email address is super long, but I'll try to give it to you at the end. Um, So the thumb guide technique generally is just kind of a way to give you less surface area to try to guess where the blood is on your finger. So basically, so I'm right-handed, so I'm going to use my left hand. So I choose a finger I'm going to prick. I'm going to do my ring finger and I take my thumb of my left hand And I press the nail and the thumb onto the end, the tip of my ring finger. So, and I'm going to keep my thumb in place the whole time I'm pricking and getting the blood. So you have to have all your equipment set up. You need to have your lancet ready and you need to have your strip and your machine ready and have it in front of you. You really want to do this kind of on a hard surface um, so that you can stabilize your hand. But I'm holding my hand up just so those that can see, can see it in the camera. So basically... I'm going to keep my finger, I'm going to keep my thumb in place on my finger. Now, I'm going to use my thumb as a guide, thus the thumb guide method. Isn't that just a cool name, (laughs) easy name I came up with? I'm going to take my lancing device, and I'm going to kind of run it down my thumb onto my ring finger, and then I'm going to prick my finger. So now I know that I have pricked my finger above where my thumbnail is placed on my finger. So I don't have to go all around my fingertip looking for the blood. It's still, you know, you still might waste a few strips, but I know some people waste 15, 20 strips trying to get the blood. And this way they've gotten it down to maybe two or three. And then with a lot of practice, they don't waste any strips. And then I'm going to take my machine that has my strip on it. I'm going to hold it like I'm throwing a dart and I'm going to take that strip. And again, I'm going to run that down my thumb until it makes contact with my ring finger that I've pricked. I'm going to hold it in place for like two seconds. And if I don't hear that beep, I'm going to pick it up just a little away and move it a little bit and place it back down on the finger. And I continue those steps until I hear that beep and collect that blood. You never want to slide the strip on your finger because you'll smear the blood and you usually will end up not getting enough blood. And then you got to do the whole thing all over again. So pick it up a little bit and move it and just keep moving it around on the area of that ring finger above where your thumb is. And you will eventually find that um, drop of blood. So I hope that helps some people. 
All right, so I'm going to move on. Let me get these out of the way. So CGMs, continuous glucose meters. So in the previous section, session, these were explained a little bit, but I want to talk about kind of the accessibility of them. Now, the only ones that I really ever recommend right now are the Libre and the Dexcom 6 because they can be made accessible with an app on a phone. The readers that come with them, so if you do not have a smartphone, um, they're not going to be accessible unless you utilize like Be My Eyes to read your meter. I've done that with some clients I've um, because we thought their smartphone was accessible, but I found out through the School of Hard Knocks that you have to have an early, I mean, a later, not a later, an earlier version of the iPhone. So I believe it's iPhone 8 or above you need to have. And if you have an Android device, it needs to be within the last few years in order for it to be compatible. So um, I had a client, we, um, she got the Libre um, and we couldn't download the app on her phone. So we had to go with plan B. As you know, being blind, problem solving is a huge, is a huge technique that you have to use with everything. So um, we downloaded Be My Eyes app. And if you're not familiar with that, just ask in the question time and I'll tell you. Um, and I taught her how to use that. So what she did was she would scan her Libre with the reader, with the Libre reader. Um, and she would call Be My Eyes and they would tell her what the number is. And other times she used family, but there were times when her family wasn't available. And that was just kind of our backup plan for her. So that worked well for her. Um, but I'm going to show you kind of um, using it with the app since that is the accessible way to do it. So here we have the Libre. This is the I have my demo unit is when the Libre first came out, which was the 10 day, which you can't even really get anymore. Um, now they have the Libre 14, the Libre 2. The difference between them, they both last sensor on both of them lasts for 14 days. Um, but the Libre 2 has alarms that you can set to alert you if your blood sugar is high or low. And it also has a family app that you can your family members can see what your blood sugar reading is when you scan. The Libre 14 day does not have that and it does not have the alarms. But other than that, they both work the same and they look the same. They all look the same as the 10 as well. But anyway, so you get the Libre, it comes in a box and it has two pieces to it. Now, I don't know what the real names of these things are, but I've given them my own little names. So one looks like a little yogurt cup. That's what I call it. And the other one, I don't really have a name for it, but it's a, a circular device that's plastic and it comes apart in two pieces. When you turn the two pieces ap apart from each other, it comes apart. So the plastic cylindrical piece is the inserter device to insert the sensor into your skin. The yogurt cup that has a peel back, like a yogurt, um, a thing of yogurt, has is the thing that has the sensor in it. And you don't want to put your finger down on that one because the needle will get you. With these CGMs, the needle is used only for the insertion of the sensor. And then once the sensor is in your skin, it's a plastic cannula. So it's not like there's a needle that's stuck in your skin the whole time. Um, so you can't really stick your, you can't stick yourself with the sensor, but you can stick yourself with the inserter. So just be careful. Don't stick your finger down in the yogurt cup or anything. There's no reason to do it anyway. But basically, so you open the yogurt cup, the sensor is in there and it is the size of two stacked quarters kind of in, in width and size. Um, you open up the insertion by twisting the two pieces together. The round part, bottom part, you put to the side. The other part is the trigger and it has kind of indentations like a handle almost. And you're going to insert the handle insertion into the yogurt cup. Now, there's only one way it will go in. There are two lines that you line up. But even if you can't see the lines, you just turn that inserter in the cup until it falls down. You're going to hear you're going to hear it fall into place. Mine's not going to do it right now because I've already use this one but so it lines up and then once it's lined up you want to put it on a hard surface and you push down on the inserter and you'll hear a click what that click is doing is it's putting the sensor into the insertion device now this is the part that also will have the needle in it so don't touch the end of it okay so you have it already the 
package also comes with two alcohol pads. The Libre, you really need to insert in your under, you know, your underarm between your elbow and your armpit. Um, that is where it works the best. Some people that might not have enough fat there um, are able to put it in other places, but Libre says it works the best in your underarm area. So I have mine on my left underarm. Now it does hurt a little bit when you insert it because that's baby tender skin. You know, that area of the skin is not really exposed to anything and we're not normally sticking things in there. So I got to tell you, the first time I did it, it did hurt a little bit and I bled a little bit, but now I've been doing it for what, two years and it doesn't, I don't even flinch. It's like no big deal. Um, so once you have the sensor in the insertion device and you've cleaned your arm with alcohol, you do that to make sure it's going to stick. You don't want any oil or residue or anything. And plus to be sanitary, you're going to put the device on your arm and then you're going to push and you're going to hear it click again. You hold it there for like one or two seconds and then pull the trigger, the um, insertion device away. And you're left with the sensor stuck in your arm. Now it is waterproof like the Dexcom is as well. And this one stays in for 14 days. So I have, you know, they do make things now that you can buy cute little bandages to go over it to help keep the sensor in place, or you can use any kind of regular tape. I use medical tape if I need to, to um, keep it on my arm. I'm real clumsy. So the only time I've ever had my sensor fall off was when I ran into a wall and it just hit it at the right angle and it knocked off. So if it falls out, unfortunately, you have to put a new sensor in. Um, but the good thing about Libre is you can call their customer service number and they will replace it for free if you have any issues with the sensor or it falls off like that. Now, if it falls off every month, they're not going to keep sending you a new sensor. But if it just happens every now and then, they will. And I've had to call them when I had one malfunction um, and they sent it to me and I got it in the mail in a few days. Um, and they just ask you to send the one that malfunctioned back so they can do some diagnostics on it to see what happened. But it was a real easy and nice. I mean, they were real nice on the phone and it didn't cost me anything. So just so you know, tangential again, I'm sorry. All right. So the sensors in my arm. So to make it accessible now, I have an Android phone. So, you know, you you don't have to use TalkBack on your um, on your Android phone for it to work. I'm going to show you how to make it accessible if you don't use TalkBack. And then, of course, the iPhone, you would use voiceover but you don't have to use voiceover either. Libre actually put talk to speech in their um, app, which I love. All right, so, hey Google, open Libre link. Opening, Libre link. Okay, so I cheated and used Google to open my app. But anyway, so you need visual assistance with this because talk back and voiceover, I don't think you can scroll over to this because it's in the right upper hand corner, it has three dots on top of each other and you go to app settings and near the bottom it's text-to-speech so I went there and I'm going to go to text-to-speech and I am going to turn it on and then save it so I know that it's on so now when I scan let's hope my blood sugar is good I don't want to hear anything <laughs> with a um android phone it scans on the back of the phone on an iPhone, it scans on the front of the phone. So that's the only difference. It works the same way. See if it'll work. Look, now nothing wants to work. Now it's not. I scanned it, but it's taken its time. Now scan it's error. scan error. Okay, so now I got to scan it again. If you get a scan error. 127 milligrams per deciliter and changing slowly. Yay. So that's a good reading. Um, with these CGMs, they all have that arrow, directional arrow. It's either pointing straight up, which means your blood sugar is rapidly going up, pointing to the side, which I got, which means it's staying steady, pointing down all the way, which means it's dropping quickly, or it has like a 45 degree angle down, which means it's slowly dropping or 45 degree angle up, which means it's slowly going up. So that kind of tells you the trend that you're heading into. So mine is 127, as you could hear, and it's steady. So that's good. So I don't need to take any action. Um, the one thing that's about the only thing that's accessible on the app, though, you know, the Libre app has all these great tools and charts. You know, it'll tell you um, daily patterns. It'll show you like a wave of what your blood sugars have been. It'll tell you how much time and target 
It'll tell you any low glucose events you had, the average glucose um, and daily graphs and sensor usage. However, none of that is accessible with TalkBack or VoiceOver. So that's kind of frustrating, but at least you can get your blood sugar level and you don't have to stick your finger. And remember the Libre, you don't have to do finger sticks. So this is the one you can use. So um, this is becoming very popular. Um, you know, I try to get all of my clients that have diabetes, this device, because it just makes their life so much easier. Of course, let me talk a little bit about health insurance. Um, so once again, all health insurance companies set guidelines for who can get devices. So with the continuous glucose meters, this is for all of them. They all pretty much have the same guidelines. You have to have a diagnosis of diabetes. So if you have prediabetes, you cannot get them. Um, so you either have to have type 1, type 2, or one of the other types of diabetes. Um, you have to be on insulin at least three times a day, and you have to have orders to check your blood sugar at least four times a day, three or four times. They kind of relax it a little bit. So if you don't take insulin and don't, and your doctor says you only need to check your blood sugar one time a day, you're not going to qualify through insurance for CGMs. However, there is hope. Remember when I said about the blood glucose meters, um, medical necessity form. So this is again, where you need to get with your doctor or your diabetes educator and Show them, you know, tell them this is accessible for me with no vision. It's the only way I can check my blood sugar. Have them complete a medical necessity form. I have had many, many, many clients through the years get it overridden through their insurance company to get the CGMs. I had one person even wrote a letter explaining how the CGM would help improve her life and help her management of diabetes. And she had the doctor submit that and she instantly got um, approved and she only took mouth, you know, by mouth medications for her diabetes. Um, so, you know, I hate to say it all boils down to money, but I mean, these are expensive. So if you, you kind of have to prove your case that the expense of the CGM is going to offset the ex expense of you needing further medical care because your diabetes is not controlled. So that's kind of the way you have to look at it when you plead to the insurance company to get devices. Um, I had a thought, but it just went out of my head. But basically, that's it. So you really have to work with your doctor, advocate for your needs, and you can get them approved. Um, the Dexcom G6, I don't have a sample of, but it basically works the same way. Except you do need some type of visual assistance when you change out the sensor. The Libre, you don't need any, I've had people that are completely blind. It's taken me maybe three times to coach them through inserting the sensor and changing it. And they've got it. I mean, you don't need vision at all. You can feel your way around the parts. They're all very distinct feeling and you really can't mess it up. The Dexcom G6, the one step that you have to do is you have to, there's some numbers on the sensor and the transmitter. There's two separate pieces to the Dexcom and you have to match them up. The transmitter lasts for 30 days, but the sensor lasts for 10 days. So, you know, you're changing the sensor out every 10 days. And what you have to do is you have to type in on the app the number that's on the sensor to match it with the transmitter. So you can either use Be My Eyes or use some visual assistance with that. But other than that, many people without vision successfully use the Dexcom G6 as well um, and the app. Is, is accessible for, of course, the reading. And it, of course, can't read all the, all the graphs and everything like that. The main difference between the two, the Libre is cheaper. If you paid out of pocket for the Libre, last time I checked, it's about, depending on what pharmacy you go to, it's about $35 to $70 per sensor. And you need two sensors a month. So, you know, 70 to 140 a month for the sensor. You do not need the reader, which is about $200 because it's not accessible. So all you would need is the sensors and then download the app. The Dexcom G6 costs about $600 a month because you have to buy the transmitter one a month and then three sensors a month. And it ends up being more expensive. The other difference also is with the Libre, it's on demand. So you have to scan it to get a reading and you can get a reading every minute. The Dexcom automatically calculates your reading. So it does it every five minutes. 
So you don't have to scan anything with a Dexcom. You just go to your app, open it up, and it will tell you what your, your reading is. So that's the main difference. If there's any questions later, I'll be happy to answer them. So now that I've kind of talked about the new technology, I'm going to talk about kind of some old school stuff. So insulin. Um, I know they talked about all those insulin pins and all the new stuff, and I love all the new technology. And I'm so glad that Tom has that group that's working on accessibility because really they're not accessible. So we're kind of stuck with the old school stuff right now until they all come around to make them accessible. Um, insulin pins are the most accessible thing. So, you know, they come in a box. These are Humalong pins. And, you know, they're shaped like a fat pin. That's why they call them a pin. You know, all you really need to learn to do is attach the needle, which comes separately. And like, a again, it's a little pull tab that you pull off the top. You take the cap off of the insulin pen. There's only one way it goes on. You screw on the needle and then you take the outer cover off. And then it has another cover that you take off just before you're going to inject yourself. Now, the thing I like about the pen is each click is a unit. So, you know, if you take 10 units, you're going to, I'm going to click it so you can hear it. You count the clicks. It's also kind of a hard stop after each click. So it's, it makes it a little bit more difficult to give yourself too much. But if you think you messed up, just turn it all the way back to zero, which is counterclockwise and then start over. And then your dose is ready. Um, they do recommend that you prime it. So when you first start your pen, you would just click it once and then push the push the button at the end to prime the needle and then go back to zero and then do it again. OK, so that is the most accessible. So if you take insulin, almost every insulin now comes in a pen form. Just ask your doctor if he would he or she would prescribe insulin to you in pen form. Now, I know we've had an issue over the past few years because the price of insulin pens skyrocketed. One pen, a box of pens could be $600. Now, I mean, who can afford that? So a lot of insurance companies, even though they cover them, they would deny them because the price just got outlandish. So they made everybody go back to vials. Um, you know, I'd rather you get vials and learn to use those non-visually than not take your insulin. So Vials are not the, the, you know, the, the perfect solution that I would want people to have, but it's better than nothing. So let me kind of show you the devices with vials. I have two devices. One is called the Safe Shot and one is called the Countadose. I'll do the Countadose first because it kind of works like an insulin pen. Now I have here a vial of insulin, you know, it comes in a glass bottle and it has like a rubber stopper at the top. And then I have here my little tiny teeny numbered that I can barely see insulin syringe. I don't know why they make them so tiny. Um, so like I said, this one kind of works like an insulin pen. It's a plastic device that has two pieces. One is a flat piece with a little like pointy piece that sticks out. That's where your insulin vials go. The insulin vial will only go in one way. You're going to attach the rubber stopper area into this device, and it's going to go upside down. Like when you old times when you used to hold the insulin bottle upside down to get the insulin out. You want to do that so you don't get air. And then the other piece, you insert the syringe in. It has these little um, place maker. Uh, what are they called? I'm not sure what they're called, but there's like a little clip that holds the insulin the um, flange of the insulin syringe. And then it has a little indention area that holds the part of the insulin syringe that kind of sticks out near the bottom. Those fit, these are all technical terms, of course. <laughs> Those fit into here in a certain way and you can only put it in here one way. And then it also has an indentation that holds the plunger in place. So like I said, if you put the syringe in properly, it pretty much fits in here and you can't move the syringe. That's how you know you have it in the proper order. So you kind of need 14 hands to use this, and it is a difficult device to use, but I have had people be successful with it. It just took, what, a lot of practice. So, you know, practice does make perfect, and um, like I said, it's better than nothing if this is the only choice you have. So once you have your insulin vial in the plastic piece and you have your needle in the plastic piece, you're going to hold 
the device part that has the needle up and down so that the needle is facing up towards the sky. You're going to take the cap off the needle, and then you're going to take the piece that holds the insulin vial and insert it into the top so that the needle punctures the vial. Now, there is a little indentation that the tongue of this piece that holds the insulin slips into. And as you're putting it in there, the needle is puncturing the insulin vial. So now it's all set up. And what you're going to do is it has a dial and it has an embossed plus sign that faces that's up and a minus sign that's down. So you're going to click the dial and you can hear it. It's not as loud as the insulin pin, but it also has that hard stop so that it will um, help you count the clicks better. And like, and again, if you take 10 units, you're going to count 10 clicks towards the sky, meaning you're adding insulin to it. And you know you're doing it in the right direction because the plunger is going to come back. Um, and then if you mess up, you just move the dial down until it doesn't go anymore, back to zero, and you start over again. Or you can minus one, two, three. So each click up or down is one unit. You know, the problem when you do this, not only learning it, but, you know, you have to keep track of how much insulin you've used out of your vial. So you need a system to do that. Either you calculate it once and you know that you can get 10 doses out of it. And after 10, you don't use that vial anymore. Or you set up some type of um, spreadsheet or reminder that tells you, you know, and you just divide it. So like this vial, most vials have like 100 units in it. So if I take um, 50 units at a time, I'm going to get two doses out of this, you know? Um, so that's kind of what you have to figure out. So it is a little bit more complicated, but like I said, you need insulin for life. So if this is something that you need, and this is the only way you can do it, just know that there is a device. It's called the Countadose. Um, Maxi Aids and LSNS, they carry this, but sporadically. Some months they'll have it available and some months they don't but it is available on Amazon. It costs about $70, which is quite expensive. Unfortunately, health insurance does not cover it. So this would be an out-of-pocket expense unless your state blindness agency can help you with that expense. The other device I'm gonna talk about is the Safe Shot. Now this is used for fixed dose insulin, meaning you take Lantus and you take 15 units every day regardless of what your blood sugar level is. That's what the safe shot is for. Because you set this to pull the plunger back to a specific amount of insulin. It kind of works the same way. You insert the syringe into the plastic holder. This is an only one piece one, you know, and it can only go in one way. And when it's in there, the syringe doesn't wiggle. There's also a little piece that sticks out underneath the plunger. And that is what you set using a little screwdriver that comes with it to it to fill the syringe with the right amount of insulin that you need. So this one is set for 35 units. So you need to have someone with vision initially set it for you. And you do it the same way. You hold it with the syringe needle facing towards the sky. This one, you really need 14 hands because you have to insert. There's no safeguard on this one. You have to puncture your insulin vial with the needle and you might puncture your finger too while you're doing it. Just know that that might happen and then hold the insulin upside down. And then all you do is pull back on the plunger and, you know, hold it for a few seconds. So maybe 15 seconds or so. So it fills up the syringe and then you remove the insulin vial, take the needle out of the device and you inject your insulin. This one as well, you need to keep track of how much insulin you've used out of that vial so that you don't inject a bunch of air into you instead of the insulin. Um, Safe Shot is a lot cheaper. It's about $18. Again, Maxi Aids, LSNS, and Lighthouse, you know, um, sites like that, they have these devices sporadically again. Every now and then it goes off the market for some reason, and then it comes back and Amazon has it as well. Again, not covered by health insurance. It's an out-of-pocket expense. Um, but again, your blindness agency might be able to help you with it. So um, those pretty much are kind of it. So I recommend talking meters, using the thumb guide method if you need it, um, CGM machines, insulin pen if you have insulin, 
and um, if not, the countodose or the safe shot. So, Tom, was there anything else? Those are kind of the diabetes devices. Anything? Yeah, no, that, that okay. was great, Kim. Um, no, you are very precise. We've got about 30 minutes to, for questions and answers. And um, as you all know, this is a hybrid uh, convention. So um, we have people on Zoom. And Danette has people actually here at the hotel in a room designated for this presentation. So she'll be taking questions uh, from the floor there. So, Tori, as our host, um, are there hands raised? There are. Chanel, go ahead. I actually, so I am totally blind and I use the Dexcom um, independently. I have, even to get the codes, I use my phone. I am able to basically, you know, say, oh, I forget exactly what the, the prompt is, but I can control the settings and I can use it to scan for the code. There's a take photo button. It used to not be accessible. I can't remember. And I used to have to turn screen recognition on. And sometimes I would if I wasn't getting the code just so that my phone, I could get an idea of what the phone's camera was viewing, but I have been able to get the code and I use other apps to get the transmitter number off the box. And sorry to take up time, but no, I love to share love, that. No, I love to hear from people. Now, do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah. So the iPhone, you can get more information. If you have an Android phone, unfortunately, I haven't found a way to make that work. Okay. But yeah. So that's kind of why I said that it's not all accessible. But thank you so much for sharing that. Um, cause we know the iPhone is the most accessible phone there is. So, you know, I always recommend people get that, but some people, um, you know, like their Samsungs or whatever. So we have to work around it, but thank you so much for sharing that. I have Thanks, that, in my, I have that thank in my you. bank now to share with other people. So thank you. Yep. Yeah. Tori, who's next? Roberta. Ditto what Chanel just said. Love the Dexcom. Um, I'm able to do it completely independently. Um, Use the counter dose for years. Absolutely loved it. Um, and I, the other thing I just want to say is um, the Dexcom transmitter is a 90 day, not 30. Thank you. It's 90. Yes, it's 90 days. Um, so you three, it, um, when I get a shipment, it's one transmitter and three boxes, three, each containing three um, sensors. So it's a 90 day transmitter. Thank you so much for setting you bet. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I love to hear from people that use it because uh, yeah. I have more experience with the Libre um, than the Dexcom. So that is great to hear. Thank you. Thanks, Roberta. Um, before we, we move, now? we will. But one, th one question I want to ask is I heard uh, Kim and you allude to this about the inconsistent availability of the counterdose. And I heard from somebody in the field that the counterdose is no longer being made. Is that true? It is. It actually went off the market. I can't remember how long ago because time gets away from me. Maybe six years ago. Um, I thought I thought Prodigy bought Prodigy bought it. Yeah. 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 Somebody else used to make it, and then Prodigy bought it. So now it's the Prodigy Countedose. But you know, I look frequently. Frequently, and as of last month, it was available on Maxi Aids, but the month before it wasn't. I think maybe it's a uh, availability issue. You know, like a low run kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. So every now, okay, and then, well, yeah, every now and then I can't find it. Okay. Well, thank you. I just was curious. Danette, let's move to the room. What do you got over oh, there? I have a question. It's Danette. Okay. So, okay. As far as the, having your doctor do a prescription, on that prescription, I heard that he should write reasonable accommodation. Is this, Mayor, is this true? Yeah. Usually I ask the doctor to spell it out. I will say, I will tell them to put, um, Talking meter due to blindness mm -hmm. so that there's no question to the pharmacy and the health insurance company what it's for. And sometimes just writing the prescription that way will get the health insurance company to cover it, but not always. Usually they have to go to the medical necessity form, which the doctor knows how to do. But, mm -hmm. you know, it means going in or calling them and having a conversation with your doctor. A telephone number, 619. Yes, hi, this is Virginia. Um, I am not currently on insulin, but I think I may be heading that way. And I want to thank you. Um, you've given me a lot of, been able to help me clear up my thinking about which meter I might want to get. What, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. yep. Okay. And so my question is, my question is simply, um, 
kind of with the space shot, is that meant for basal insulin? You see, I'm not familiar with insulin. Okay. Maybe just one shot a day if you start there. Yeah. Yes. Um, so usually you're going to take like a long acting insulin, like a Lantus, and you're going to only give yourself that shot once a day. Um, and it'll be a fixed dose, meaning the doctor will prescribe, give yourself Lantus 15 units every day. So you could use the safe shot for that. I have also used the safe shot. Sometimes people will take 70, 30 or a mixed insulin and they'll take a fixed dose twice a day because that insulin lasts, you know, about half a day. So like in the morning, they might take 30 units of, of 70, 30. And in the evening, they might take 15 units. So what I do in those cases is I get two safe shots. I put one bump dot on the one that's the AM dose and I set that one to 30. And Mm. then the second one, I put two bump dots on and I set that one to 15 so they can feel and they know the one dot is AM and it's already set. And the two dot is PM, if that makes sense. So you can use yeah, sort of. those ways because, I mean, it is cheaper than the countodose. The countodose you can use for any type of insulin, but it's ex- especially useful if you have to take insulin to like if your blood sugar is high, you need to bring it down. And the doctor says, you know, like a sliding scale, they call it. If your blood sugar is 200 to 249, give yourself two units of fast acting like Humalog or Novolog insulin. So you can count the clicks. Or, and it might change depending on what your blood sugar level is or how many carbohydrates you eat per meal. That's what the countodose is really useful for. Otherwise, the safe shot to me is a little bit easier to use. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Virginia. Any more questions, Tori? Or hands raised in Zoom? Yep. Nikki, you can go ahead. Hey, uh, my husband has type 2 diabetes, and he's also on this webinar, but he has the Libre. And I just wanted to let you know, because you mentioned this, actually, he has the 14-day one. He does not have the two. And I was able to get the family app. It's called Libre Link Up, not Libre Link. So I was actually, even for the 14-day one, able to get that. And so every time he uh, does a scan, it notifies me what it was or when his sensor needs to change or anything like that. So you can get the family app even with the uh, or, uh, the 14-day one. And also with the iPhone, some of the data he is actually able to interpolate. Like he can, he looks at his average 90-day glucose and some of the other stuff. Now, some of it's harder to, to do, but you can get some of the data with the iPhone and see what it is. So I wanted to mention that. Thank you so much. I love the way y'all are keeping me real on this. I love it. You can tell. (laughs) You can tell I mostly deal with Android phones. So thank you so much for that. Who's next, Tori? Veronica. Hey, Veronica. Hi. Um, I'm totally blind. I use the Omnipod insulin pump with, with their classic um, PDM because the newer ones are not accessible to us and just for the record they talked about that in the last hour and I went to get their simulated app nothing, nothing. <laughs> it, was, oh, it, was, it was bad um, but one of the things that I was wondering if someone did try to use the um, the countodose I just got switched to Fiasp insulin and my husband and I made a little jig so I could keep my syringe and insulin vial together when I measure them for, for the Omnipod. And we had to remake our stand because the Fiasp bottle is a different shape. And I found my old Countodose and tried it and it didn't fit. Thank you for bringing that up. The Countodose yeah. is old school and it only yep. works with old school insulin. <laughs> yep. And, and yep. And it only works with a certain size syringe as well. It's a half cc syringe, I believe. So, you know, it's not perfect. So if you use the countodose, you're going to have to go to like, you know, the Novolog or the Humalog 7030, kind of those old school insulins that have been around forever. Right. Those would be different. Thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention it in case there was somebody that was new and starting out that that is something to pay attention to when you talk to your doctors about it. Thank you. And thanks for that Omnipod. I got to tell you, I have a client that is getting the new Omnipod Dexcom G6 combo. And she's going to be my test model to see how accessible it is. So hopefully is she I'll- total? 
She is total. Yes. Ooh, it, good luck. It I know. So not happening uh, yet. I'm staying I with know. the classic she, pod. We're, we're we're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. <laughs> might be able to do it. And she's working with a diabetes educator that of course doesn't specialize in vision loss at the hospital. And so we're all kind of working together to see if we can come up with something. So if I come up with something, I'll have another webinar. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't mind staying in touch with yes. you. We talked to Insulate, so. Yes. Yeah, the good, yeah, the good news is Insulate is engaged with us, so that's a good thing. But uh, Good. So, Danette, anybody else on the, on the room side of the house? Are there any questions over there? You know, what <laughs> I do to tell the difference between my insulin, because I take a a long lasting and the, the short lasting one. And also one that I do once a week the, on the one that I take the long lasting, I put like a little bump dot, bump dot on the lid. And each time the insulin is over, I use the same lid, the one that has a bump dot on it. And then, but, but it's easier to tell now because since I use the in pin with the cartridge. Yes. That that's so it's easier to tell that one. And with uh, one week one, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's a different click. Like Trulicity so. or excuse me? Is it one of those um pens like Trulicity or a Zenpick or something? It starts with an O. That is a great tip using bump dots to help. Um those those medicines that were discussed in the previous session, the injections, they are not insulin. A lot of people think they're insulin because they're injections, but they're not. They're just kind of injectable forms of oral medications, sort of. Um, And, you know, like I take Ozempic and it's one of those um, GLP ones that they said, and I take it once a week, Um, but it works the same way as an insulin pen. You screw the needle on the end, you can count the clicks and you inject it. So that's one good thing about those, but they do kind of feel the same. So you do need to differentiate them somehow. So how she was saying, using bump dots is a great way, or this is not, you know, or you can use something like script talk, which I don't know if y'all know about, but I'll do oh, a yeah. quick demo script talk. You know, it'll read your prescription labels to you, but you have to get them from a pharmacy that participates. Um, it's a box that talks to you. I'll do it real quick because I'm sure most of you know about it, but just in case you don't, the pharmacy has to put an RFID, which is a radio frequency ID sticker on your medicine. They'll put it on all prescription medication, including your insulins and anything else that you take. The box is easy to learn to use. You just turn it on and it starts talking to you. Script talk station ready. You place your medicine near the speaker, which is the top of the device, and then you press the read button, which has a bump dot on it, and it'll read it to you. Patient. John J. Smith medication. Amoxicillin, 250 milligram capsule. Instructions. Take one capsule three times daily. All right, I'm going to stop it, but it basically tells you how to take the medicine, everything about it, the prescription number, the number to call for a refill, side effects, do not operate machinery, whatever. It'll tell you anything you want to know about the medicine. I absolutely love this device. Even if you have some vision and you're able to read it, I suggest you getting the script talk. It's free. Why not get it? Some days your eyes might not work as well as they do other days. And it's just a safety. It's just another safety barrier. You can't be too safe. You can never be too safe taking your medicine because you would hate to take the wrong medicine. And Um, Kim, tomorrow, as it happens, as will happen, we have accessible pharmacy. Okay. Well, I already plugged them. I love you them. You plugged them. You did. Yes. And Andy will love you for plugging yes, them. Yes, I love yeah, Andy. So, so, so I'm sure they will talk has, about Script yeah. Talk. Yeah. So that's. Um, has that. Walmart has it. CVS has Spoken RX at all theirs, which is basically the same thing. They just kind of rebranded it. Rite Aid has it. Publix, the VA. They, they stole it. Yeah. I know they right. did. But theirs <laughs> does not speak in different languages like Script Talk. So they didn't take all the technology. Uh, okay. Script Talk so. will do different languages, but Spoken RX will not. If it does, I could never figure it out. I spent about 20 minutes on it the other day trying to get it to speak in Spanish and it did not work. So, okay. Um, so, Tori, just, back, back to the hands. How are we doing on hands? Um, for, phone number 402 ending in 443 has not spoken. Go ahead, Mary. Kim, that was excellent. Hi, Thank Tom, you. again. That was just excellent. I, um, I work with people as well, clients, uh, regarding a number of non-visual techniques. And that thumb guide, I loved it. I, I thought that was really, really good. Um, for, your, for the audience here, and Tom knows Ed Bryant, but are, did you know Ed Bryant from years back? He was with the NFB? No, I've been in this field about seven years, so. Okay. Yeah, Bri- well, yeah, he's um, been gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
he he asked for quite a while, but I still use some of his techniques. And I was wondering if maybe one of these days I could just give you a call and we could compare notes because it sounds like you have a lot of good ideas. I wanted to add when you were talking about the vials and the countidose. Yes. I still rely on that in some guides, even homemade guides that we make for some of the syringes. <clears throat> even though I'm on a pump, I need a backup. And I tell clients that when they come into the center training that they need to have some backup tools in order to get here. The vials that are still using that countidose, like Humalog, Novolog, uh, um, Lantus, those carry a thousand units in the vial, yes. uh, not a hundred, just, just to share. Thank you. Yeah. The one I had had a hundred. So I'm sorry. That's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. What, which one was that? I'm curious. Oh, which, it's which... old. Oh my gosh. It's an old, old vial. Um, I think it expired 15 years ago. Uh... Well, that is okay. Is it still around? I just use it um, as like Kimolog and Novolog are still around. Yeah. And this one only has a hundred. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I just wanted to share that and thank you for all that you shared with us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Telephone number 619. Yes, I had a question I forgot to ask. Follow up question. I am totally blind. I've been using the Prodigy. I have successfully used the thumb method, but it's still kind of a struggle. So I'm looking forward to um, using uh, the Freestyle Libre. Uh, for me, what you said made that a clear choice for me. But my question is, I'm totally blind. I haven't had an iPhone. I'm pretty confident I can learn it, and this would motivate me. The one that has been recommended to me because it's kind of an entry level in terms of price is SE2022. Do you know offhand if that would work with the freestyle in terms of getting the, to read the results? I really am not familiar with the... Okay. Yes, it would. It just needs to be above an iPhone 8. I don't know what 2020 FE means. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's Thank you for a wonderful presentation. I did, I did fail to mention one thing. It, it just reminds me probably what I forgot earlier. There is a new glucometer out called the POGO. P-O-G-O. I don't know if y'all have heard of this. It does not talk to you, but it does help with getting blood on the strip. The it is a device that actually, I don't know how to describe it. So the device is all in one. You and you put the strips, it comes in like a little circular thing and you insert the strip packet. It has 10 strips into the machine. When you turn the machine on, you put your finger on the machine on the indentation and it pricks your finger and sucks the blood out for you all in one step. Mm. So you don't have to search for blood. Unfortunately, it doesn't talk to you to tell you the results. So you would need some type of app or visual assistance. But if the biggest frustration for you is getting that blood on the strip, that one might help. If you have low vision, I'm sure there's some magnifier or maybe a CT that you could use that would um, highlight it enough so you could see it. But the other bad thing is, since it's so new, insurance companies do not cover it. I've seen prices from $60 to $90 for the machine and 13 to $20 for the strips. So just putting that out there. So hopefully mm -hmm. that's on the horizon that that's another one, Tom, to get them to make it accessible because that would solve all the problems. Yep. Well, let's take our last question and then we're gonna wrap it up. Roberta, go ahead. Uh, for people who have a stable number of units they need or a varying number actually you can make more than one. Um, there are methods to make templates that can be used essentially as spacers. And uh, what was the other thing you were just talking about? Um, oh, methods to get blood on the strip. Um, I have my own methods and I've taught them to a number of different people and I would be happy to share that on the next casual chat. But we sounds don't have good. Time now. That, yeah, that sounds great, Roberta. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's take our last question and we'll have to wrap it up, guys. Kim, go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to let people know the S. I have the SE twenty twenty, and I don't yet use the Libre, but it, I was able to download the app. So I'm thinking, if the app is there, it's going to read it. And I think the SEs are higher than the iPhone eight. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. if you can download the app, it will work because it won't even download the app if it's not accessible with that phone. Okay. That's what okay. I've come across. So. I've, I've talked to Ginny in the past, and I recommended that she double check with somebody that it will work for her. Yes. Um, they actually right. list they actually list on the Libre and the Dexcom website what phones are compatible. So you might be oh, able good. to find them on there. Oh, good. Okay. Thanks, Kim. Thank well, you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Um, before we close, I just want to uh, let you all know for more information about ACB Divex in Action or to join, you can go to our website at www.acbda.org. And thanks to uh, Jeff Bishop, who's on our board, we have a fully accessible membership form that also has a seamless payment tool via PayPal. So if you're interested in joining, dues are $10 a year. Um, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, I think you'll find these um, these presentations are of some value, have a lot of value. Um, if you have any questions about how to join or if you need help to join or just general questions, uh, send an email to uh, acbdaorg at gmail.com. That's acbdaorg at gmail.com. And we will uh, endeavor to... Uh, get back to you um, as soon as we can. Um, before we give out our continuing education units, I want to take a second to thank Kim for another great presentation. Tori, thank you for being our host this afternoon. Jeff, I know you're hanging in the background there doing the streaming, and I want to thank Danette for once again organizing this amazing convention programming for us. So Thank you, everybody. Well, everybody have a good evening, and uh, Thanks again, Kim. It was a terrific presentation, as always, and you and I will have to reconnect here soon. Yes, definitely. Y'all take care. So, all right. Thank you.